Hey everyone, welcome to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. I'm Jeremy with my friend Corey, and this is where we talk about what we are learning, what we are studying in God's Word, and what is new with our businesses. And today is only the second episode of 2022. Really sorry. <laughs> We've been a little <laughs> slow to get going this year, but that's okay. It is what it is, man. You know, it's uh, life happens, and we're doing the best we can. That's all we can try for. But if you're concerned, we're not quitting. We're going to keep this going. So <laughs> That's right. That's good. Well, how have things been? Uh, I think the last episode we recorded was about the first time after your paternity leave <clears throat> and sort of like catching up on 2022 plans. But now we're sort of back to a quote-unquote normal episode, whatever that is, but uh, yeah. back to our, our scheduled programming. Yeah, things are going really good. Um, I feel... I continually feel like it's really excited for the year. Um, it's been tricky, like figuring out a uh, normal life, you know, and now that we have a baby and our dynamic of like me working from home and then Connie, you know, being one wall over <laughs> with, uh, with our son. So, uh, you know, the first week or so has been, was a little tricky kind of figuring out a balance, but I think we're hitting a good routine. So, um, it's going good. I mean, my biggest problem is like wanting to work too much and wanting to like spend too much time, on, you know, on working type things versus, um, you know, finding the balance. And so, you know, part of the reason why we like want to have a business and uh, like I want to have an office at home is to like be more present and to, you know, uh, do things that are flexible and, you know, take off like random half days, or, you know, just do like that kind of stuff. And it's hard because like I want that, but like simultaneously I like have so much drive. Like I have so much that I want to do. And so it's like a constant like ongoing discussion with Connie kind of figuring that out. But Overall, I think it's in a good place, and I feel like we got a pretty good balance going down. So that's yeah. like a quick overview of how we're doing. But how are you guys doing? Well, I can I can empathize. I definitely feel the same way. I think that having a a kid probably just amplifies that and makes it more obvious, and you feel it more. But I feel the same way about like, oh, like I I work for myself pretty much, but like still, I feel so much pressure and like deadlines and I'm not very flexible and I end up working a whole bunch more. And, um, I've, I've, I've been thinking about it more recently and I think that you either have to like really have your ish together <laughs> and just be like on top of it ahead of schedule. I don't know. Like you just, things are in like a really good place or you have to be completely okay with having like a really long to do list, things that are not great problems you know fires that are just like burning in the background and just be like literally okay with that mm -hmm. otherwise you'll never be able to just like step away or like feel good about working a little bit less or uh taking some time off you know being spontaneous that kind of stuff yeah. it's also like figuring out like why you're doing what you're doing like you know are you working to make enough uh, steady income that's consistent and flexible so that way you can work half days and you know, spend a lot of like leisure time not working and doing things that you, you know, for like family, whatever, like during the week, or do you like want to, you know, max out and do the most that you can. And so mm -hmm. like, my hard thing is like, I don't, right now, I don't feel like I want to work so I can get to like, you know, like the leisure status in life. Like I don't feel like I want that. I feel like I want to work. I like to work. It's like good for me to work when I, when I am, when I'm productive, I, I feel like so good. It's like, you know, like on Friday, for example, last week, um, I got so many like good, like deep work things done. And at the end of the day, I just felt so good. Like I just felt yeah. 
Yeah. Hard to explain. I just like feel I felt like amazing. And then yesterday on Monday, all I did all day long was just like emails, calls, busy work, and I like, got nothing like meaningful, like you know, long term like done. And so, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I personally I'm not in a spot where I want to just like work to be done kind of thing. I want to continually working. But so I don't know. Everyone's different, but that's where I'm at. It's it's tough, man. There's no uh, no easy answer there. It's always. Um a work in progress, it's going to change too. It's like as soon as you feel like you have it figured out, then all of a sudden something changes or there's a new problem or a new project or a new business or <laughs> a new whatever it is that yeah. then takes your your focus away and makes you want to work on it even more. Yeah. Um, speaking of new things, I have a couple of things I want to bring up, but um, I know I've been talking a lot about like the pool, my pool route that I want to do. And again, I'm just constantly reminded of like it's – how it's not bad to talk about an idea even if it's not set in stone or if like you have no idea if you're actually like for sure gonna do it oh how do you like that drink by the way oh celsius dude i'm all yeah. about it okay what is little it afternoon celsius just powers you through the rest of the day like a healthy energy drink basically? um you could say like that no. um celsius live fit uh it's supposed to be essential energy accelerates metabolism i think it's probably like the healthiest energy drink you could have but it's still not great i mean it's basically just like caffeine but it's not it can be like a really sugary or like artificial drink gotcha we're we're not in person we're doing a call so <laughs> he pulled up his can <laughs> i was like oh i saw that at costco uh two weeks ago and i almost bought a case because i've like i've been like seeing it but i, I don't know i didn't do it but maybe i next love time it I will. celsius and if you want to sponsor all about it <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um, you're anyway. out there <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're listening. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so this, the whole pool of things. I, I know, I've just been talking about it, and I was at a Super Bowl, Super Bowl pot, party, and I was talking to my friend Phil, Phil, Phil Ortiz, and I was just telling him about it. Oh, yeah, you know, this is something I want to do. I have some guys I've been talking to about it, whatever. And he's like, oh, my brother-in-law is selling a route. And he's like, I'll give him your number, and you can call him, whatever. And so <clears throat> he called me the next day, his brother-in-law. And long story short, um, he had a route he was selling for $16,000, and it was a tiny one. It was like 12 pools. Um, it was up in Escondido, so most of it is all – like all of it is in Escondido, so there's nothing in East County. So that's not really what mm. I wanted, but uh, most of these guys, when they sell a route, they sell them for 10 times monthly revenue. So if the business is doing 10 grand a month, you know they sell it for 100 grand. Uh, this guy wanted 10 times, but he was going to sell it to me for eight times, and he was going to let me like make payments on it. Um, and so another thing in this industry, most of the time, these guys that sell, they want like the full payment up front in cash, like done. They don't want to carry it. They don't want any, you know, no like drawn out process. And so would have been five grand a month for three months, roughly. And um, yeah, I mean, it would have been a pretty good deal. Um, I decided not to do it, but it's interesting because I on the phone with him when they would talk like on this, like, the same day, you know, I talked about it and I kind of tell him my thoughts. And then like two days later, he called me again with kind of some more things to talk about. And on that phone call, I kind of told him like, you know, basically said, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to do it. But, you know, I said, like, feel free to find someone else kind of thing. Like, don't wait for me. And like literally an hour later, he texted me and said he sold it, which was super funny mm. like, how fast <laughs> it goes. But another thing that was Crazy. funny is he's like, oh, I know another guy that's selling too. I'll, I'll hook you up with him. And so. He got me connected with another guy, and this guy is doing kind of what I would want to do long term. But this guy has a company; uh, they maintain pools, and he has, I think, on average, about 250 pools at any given time. And he, what he'll do is he'll build up to like 300, 320, maybe 350, and then he'll sell off like 100 pools. And he kind of just keeps doing that. And it's a really good way to do it because you get big chunks of money that you can go reinvest, and then you also have like a steady stream of you know reoccurring revenue. So 
which is really funny. And again, hmm. it reminded me of like, I literally just like brought it up to Phil and just like mentioned it ca- yeah. casually. Yeah. And it led to now I know this other guy who is a great resource for me. He's, you know, he's someone that sells routes all the time. So at any point when I'm ready to do it, he's also another guy that I could reach out to. So super funny. But kind of like I mentioned last time, like I don't want to do it. I'm going to wait till at least the end of the year because a lot of everything's going on and just want to kind of, you know, buckle down what we have that's working. So, but I thought that was funny with worth sharing. Oh yeah. No, I mean, you just like make yourself a magnet when you tell people what you want or what you're working on or what you're looking for. And then people, I mean, I make those kinds of connections for uh, people in tech all the time about like, Oh, I'm looking to hire someone or I want to, you know, I need help in this area or I'm looking for this type of tool. I'm like, Oh sweet. I know this, or I know that person or here's what you can do over there. But if you don't like voice that ever, then you're just on your own. (laughs) That's life a lot harder. Yeah. And then another one that kind of along the same lines, but we we're having dinner with um, Connie's family like two weeks ago on like a Thursday, yeah, on a Thursday night, and uh, we were talking with her dad about like um, we've been toying around with the idea of trying to buy a piece of land somewhere where we can build like a commercial warehouse on it, so we can own our warehouse, and that way we could build something much bigger than what we have right now. Um, we rent our warehouse for only seventy-eight cents per square foot, which is super cheap. Um, I've been looking around because we're we've kind of outgrown it. So I've been looking for other spaces, and the cheapest I can find is a dollar thirty per square foot. I mean, everything is just like super high, and that's on like the low end. I mean, you easily can pay upwards of two dollars a square foot to rent, and so, and you're renting like an industrial like cold, you know, <laughs> warehouse. Like it's not just like an bare office bones. space. Yeah, yeah, bare bones, like a metal building, oftentimes. And so I was just talking with him about that, and he's like, oh, you know, I have, like, a perfect opportunity for you. And long story short, he um, he knows the owner of this property, so it's an off-market deal. It's not on the MLS, um, but it's a piece of land in off, right off of Old Highway 80, kind of in that business park area, um, right by uh, – I forget the name. There's, like, a Mexican restaurant, pizza place, a 7-Eleven, like, really right off, like, Lake Jennings. Marquero's. Yep, exactly, like, right in that yeah. area. Like, There's a Starbucks there down, too. Yeah. So two or three blocks down, kind of in the business areas where that is. So pretty good location. It's a little further east than I would want to go. But, I mean, for like the the farther west or north you go, the more you pay. So it's, anyway, it's a pretty good spot. Um, but what's unique about it is, so the front of the property, so it's a property with three separate parcels on it. And the front of the property is a commercial lot that would be big enough to build about a 5,000-square-foot warehouse, which is what we want. Um, and it's all flat, ready to go. Uh, and then uh, in the back of the property, there's two separate residential parcels, and one of them has a home on it that needs to be like remodeled and, and updated because it's not really in, in li- livable right now. Um, but long story short, uh, it would be like a tremendous investment opportunity because it would be a warehouse that we would own that we could obviously be paying into versus renting, plus two residential lots in the back. So on each lot, we could theoretically have a home, an ADU, and a junior ADU. So you know, mm-hmm. like long term, it would be a great uh like opportunity for rental income and just you know mm-hmm. to build equity so again that just came from me just talking about it with them and so the next day actually on friday we went and looked at the property with the agent and we uh put an offer in on the following tuesday so we're actually we're currently in escrow on there right now so it's crazy i'd be super excited if it works out um yeah there's a lot of things that we're trying to figure out so it may not work out it may fall through we are in, es- in escrow but i mean if it all like lines up with what we think it's going to be um, it could be a super good opportunity, but again, hmm. like I just mentioned it, and you know, if I haven't said anything, yeah. who, you know, we wouldn't have, we could have missed out. So, um, I don't know. Don't be afraid yeah, to totally. like say what you're thinking. I guess I would. I don't know. So. Do you know? Um, you know of Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I was listening to a podcast, uh, Bigger Pockets, and it was with Robert Kiyosaki's CPA, and it was all about like uh, taxes and that sort of stuff around real estate and whatever. Obviously, they're both really into real estate, and it's a real estate podcast, but he was basically saying, um, I think he said, Robert's mantra is you buy businesses to buy property. <laughs> basically, like everything was a means to an end to eventually just buy real estate. And maybe you think of, um, you know, being able to like build your own warehouse and sort of use that property for the business. But it's sort of, um, you know, you're saving money and you're also like building equity with the warehouse and it's sort yeah. of like, you know, two and two and one or three and one basically. Yeah, there's so many like unique ways we could do it. Like in that scenario, if we, because uh, like, when it's three separate parcels, what that means is it means you can sell off one of them and have the other two, you know, they would still hold them. So like that, the long-term plan, like if it all worked out in my perfect world, because they're selling the lot for $575,000. And that's again, for the, the whole piece of property with three separate parcels. One of those parcels having a home on it. Our plan would be to uh, renovate that home, fix it up, you know, expand it, make it bigger, do a bunch of work to it. And ideally, what we would do is um, once that's all done, we'd refinance it and basically sell off that one parcel. And if that was sold off, if it all worked out, we could potentially own the commercial lot and the other residential lot free and clear, which means that we have mm -hmm. no payments on that. Yeah. Like that would be like the perfect home run scenario. Um, and then there's like so many ways we can go with it. But like another way I look at it is let's say we ever sold our business, we could still own the like, own that warehouse and then that mm -hmm. new company would be paying us, you know, rent to own it. Another way yeah. we could do it is let's say we held on to it, the business, and we like the business can like uh, like there's like a lot of ways you can do it with like tax benefits, but the business could basically pay us rent to use the land, so that's more income mm -hmm. for us. So there's, there's so many ways you can do it, um, which is all like you kind of can get in your head about it, but um, I don't, I'm I'm excited about it. I hope it works out. That's cool. Yeah, I was I was just today I went down this whole rabbit hole with a guy I follow on Twitter about how he was looking into. Uh, car wash private equity and there's basically these businesses that will buy up a bunch of car washes in a city and then they'll they end up buying the like the building and the land that the car washes are built on and they'll rehab them and then they'll sell off the car washes but then they'll keep the right. the property and the buildings and the infrastructure and like that business will lease it from them mm -hmm. and so then they like use that cash flow to then go and like get a loan to build to like buy the next car wash and then just like rinse and repeat. Yeah. Um, pun intended a little bit, but, uh, uh, it's crazy what you can do. Yeah. It's super exciting. Dude. I mean, even more things like we we're looking into getting a HELOC on our home cause we've never like done that yet. Um, and, it's also really crazy when we bought our home i felt like man we're buying this like i can't believe how much we're spending on like this piece of property that needs so much work to it and it's so crazy like the value that's that's been created um for for the original purchase price of our property if you don't count like the money we put into it to fix it up it's literally doubled in value which is insane to think and just like Nuts. two and a half two and a half three years and so it's it's just crazy so we have a ton of capital right there that we can pull out from our home as a line of credit and we can use that for the, you know for more investments and so there's just like a lot of options right now which is really encouraging um it's weird like i'm tempted to go into like preservation mode you know but i also <laughs> want to keep like growing and pushing forward so there's like the balance of you know balancing like debt and income and you know good debt bad debt and what's a good choice what's not a good choice and so trying to figure all that out but it's good to have like opportunities and not to feel like we don't have resources you know yeah yeah lots of options yeah, um 
before we go down too far down this uh, this business and, and work route, uh, I want to touch on the spiritual side a little bit just before I forget, and I just want to prioritize it. But um, one of the things I've had on my notes for a while now, I think since December, was uh, I don't I wanted to ask you, but I just want to talk about it because it's a really kind of interesting experience. But winter camp this last December with Foothills. Uh, was the first time that I led a kid to the Lord like myself for the first time. There's been, you know, how much times where I've prayed for kids and, uh, you know, kids wanting to rededicate their lives or um, maybe who've like grown up in a Christian house and then they sort of like wanted to make some sort of big change, or whatever it was. But I'd never actually like led someone to the Lord who, for the very first time for them, it's a really like trippy experience. <laughs> I don't know like how many times you've done it. I've always felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for that like one time. I don't know. It has to be like right time, right place, right relationship with the kid. I knew him well, um, but man, it was really, really trippy and a really cool experience. And uh, it's cool to just be able to like celebrate them and um, kind of like send them off, right? And like, okay, now you go and do these th these things, and here's what we want to see. And we got him a Bible, and you know, wanted to see him coming around more often, but also just like the the actual experience of, you know, leading someone through a prayer and then like being with them as that happens for the first time in them is, is really, really trippy. Do you uh, know him from going to the mission? Yeah. From the mission and youth venture. Youth venture. Yeah. So was it like a long time coming or was it kind of just like, like how long have you known him? And been right Not really. I mean, yeah, we had known him like a, f a few months, but we had known him well from that and been around him a whole bunch. And so, um, it wasn't like he was brand new. We barely knew him. Like we knew him well, but also he was like new to Foothills at the same time. Gotcha. Why, why was it like trippy? You, you use that word. I don't know. It's just like, I, I give it a lot of weight as far as like what that experience is and sort of like the act of, uh, you know, giving your life to the Lord and asking for forgiveness and receiving sort of found, you know, salvation for the first time. And, um, I think maybe just because I had never done it before, like that first time was just like really interesting just to actually go through with someone. And um, it was a, it's a very like serious moment, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, it's funny you bring that up because I was literally, I had a small group last night and I came home uh, talking to Connie about it. And I've, so I've been thinking about the opposite. So what happens when you have a kid that like just doesn't get it and you just, you know, this, this person, this kid is like not going to walk with the Lord. Like that's one thing I was talking about with Connie last night. Like there's, because my, my boys are seniors, we've been with them for since they were freshmen, and there's this one kid that's been coming the whole time, and he's a, he's a cool guy. Like, I like him a lot. We, we get we relate. He's easy to talk to, but it's so evident and so clear that he just doesn't doesn't love the Lord, and that he I don't want to say he never will, but it's it's very evident that he's gonna go his own way. Like it's like so mm -hmm. clear to me, um, and really anyone that probably talks to him, he just like doesn't care. So I, I, last night I was thinking like during a message we were like talking, and I was like looking at him and kind of thinking in my head like, dang, dude, like you just don't get it, you know, you, or you just don't care kind of thing. And it's a, it's a complete opposite of your experience. Like you're like, man, let's get to the Lord. Like that's really exciting. But what about when it's like, I don't want say there's no hope for it, but there's a situation where you, you see where his life's going to go basically. And it's just, it's really mm -hmm. like discouraging. So I mean, so, there, there are plenty of yeah. those other kids. Uh, he's probably the exception. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's really hard. I mean, I don't know. I I've, I've been thinking more often, especially as it relates to youth venture. Like our job isn't to 
to lead kids to the Lord. It's to just like plant a seed and do the work of getting them in, into the, like the environment and the situation and the headspace for them to, to do that for themselves and for God to like work out his timing as he wants to. But more seeing it as like, well, my job is to like spread the seed. It's to, to plant it, make sure it's on like some fertile ground and not just on like a rock or in the desert or however the, the parable and the analogy goes, but just to like, you know, cultivate some fertile ground in, in their hearts and just to plant a seed, a really, really small seed. I think it's it's a bonus and it's great if you can actually like lead them to the Lord or if you can sort of directly be, uh, like directly influence that decision. But it is frustrating when, I don't know, it's just they're not getting it. Yeah. But I think that if you, also not lost if you see your job as just planting seeds and like, yeah. okay, whatever's going to happen after that, it's up to God. But at least I'm, I know that I'm doing my part. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up as well because I actually had this in my notes under like the spiritual section. But um, like as he was during that message, whatever, like because we were doing like a God talk, we were just kind of talking about random stuff. And as me and the other leaders are kind of going back and forth, like pitching in, uh, at one point when I wasn't speaking, I was just kind of listening. And one of the kids asked a question, or I think I prompted, I kind of brought up a topic because we were like, hey, we're going to do a God talk, whatever. And you know, they were just kind of staring at us really quiet. And I was like, okay, well, I have mm -hmm. some topics. <laughs> so one of them I brought up was just like kind of like times of uncertainty. So obviously, you know, potential war and economy and jobs and they're, they're going to college soon and careers and family and, you know, girlfriends. Like how, what are their thoughts? Like what are they thinking? And um, th this kid that I'm talking about, he, he kind of often just like seems like he doesn't care. Like it's the weirdest like i understand it but his like front that he puts up is like oh, i don't i don't care like i'm fine like I'll, you know he's just very like mr cool and as he was talking as we're all talking about uncertainty like a lot of kids are pitching in and adding their thoughts and this one guy in the corner just like really like kind of blank stare of his face you could just tell that he wasn't engaged and like didn't care and so i'm not sure how but kind of like led into talking about like the favor of god and like being close to the holy spirit and kind of like daily life because we, we were talking about like how do you navigate and combat like when you feel uncertain, like, well, how do you do that? And one of the things I brought up was, um, well, like, make sure you're under like, God's favor. Like, make sure you're, you're living in a way that, um, like, God's hand is over your life and, like, directing your steps and kind of really blessing a lot, you know, all that you do and all that you touch. And um, his face kind of lit up a little bit, it seemed like. I don't know if I would say lit hmm. up, but you could tell he, like, that caught his attention where he kind of, I don't know if it was kind of like a, oh, crap, like, I'm not in God's favor right now or if it was, like, I, I want that or I'm not sure what it was, but you could tell, like, raised some interest in him and so that's cool like i kind of i felt a little bit okay cool like i'm glad like this conversation is producing some hopeful benefit in him but you're right planting seeds and my, my whole thing is like i don't know i, I want to see like direct results and so it's hard to like <laughs> hope i'm planting a seed and i'll see you in a couple years dude like you know what i'm saying so yeah. yeah that's hard um Another point I have I wanted to talk about was I'm going through a book, a new one, um, a Christian book about, I wouldn't say it's about marriage. It's more about relationships, but it's sort of like within the context of marriage. It's called How We Love. Um, it's it's really, really interesting. So it's, it's based on this, uh, basically like this psychological theory of uh, childhood imprints where the way that we learn to give and to receive love is sort of the direct results or the product of um, the way that we were raised from our parents and the mix of 
good experiences, bad experiences, traumas, patterns, habits, behaviors, um, beliefs of parents sort of puts you in like these kind of broad buckets where you can like exhibit the behaviors of a couple different types of, um, of love patterns. Um, and so there's four, there's one called the avoider, which is basically someone who, uh, needs sort of like a direct way to, to give love, but also when things are hard and they don't feel loved, then they tend to just like back away and disappear and they're very independent. There's the pleaser, which is someone who's very like hands-on and sort of more like a peacemaker and is very um, like interactive in that way. There's the vacillator who can be very like hot and cold, uh, really like lovey-dovey the one second, really like cold and harsh the next. Uh, and then there's the chaotic, which is sort of just like a, um, usually born out of a lot of like trauma or like hard experiences, but that person like basically just doesn't know how to give or receive love. And so everything just ends up being like angry or abusive or, um, or just like someone who cuts everyone out of their life completely. Uh, so anyways, I just want to bring that because one, I'm trying to identify like which one do I most fit into? Which one does Monique most fit into? Which one do our parents fit into? Which one do our friends kind of fit into? And it's kind of that same idea of like a personality test, right? Like a uh, Myers-Briggs or an Enneagram, just how does this help you better understand yourself and also the people around you and being able to have more empathy for them? And uh, it's really, really interesting. Again, it's a Christian authors, not really like a Christian theory, I suppose, but um, I'm only about halfway through it. I just learned about all the different kind of love styles or patterns. And the next one is like, how do those patterns like interact with each other? And like, what do you do if a pleaser is married to a vacillator? And like, what types of things would you probably experience? And what are the pros and cons of that? And how do you like learn to grow? And um, I'm curious why he chose vacillator as a word because it's like avoider, pleaser, chaotic, vacillator. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's very different. <laughs> I don't it know what, like, what other I word you could use. I don't want to be that one. Like, so it makes me feel right. Well, I don't. I wouldn't want to be the chaotic. The vacillator is like a. I don't need like vacillate between two things, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what other, what other word you could use, but I don't know. Yeah, it does sound pretty pretty extreme. Um, but yeah. Anyways, it's been really interesting. Uh, I think that. I think it gives me like a kind of a new perspective. Maybe I'll be able to talk about it more the next time or another time, but it gives you like a new perspective on a lot of stuff, especially like they're really big on like the whole like childhood upbringing stuff, which is a lot of, you know, what psychology is based off of, but um, really, really like forces you to think about childhood experiences. And uh, you know, you don't, I don't think about that like hardly ever. And they really make you think about it. Have you been uh, reading a lot recently? Not a ton. I sort of like really slowed down there for a while. And now I've been kind of um, switching between a couple books, uh, like going through this one, and then I'm going through like one or two business books. Um, but I've been falling asleep really early too. <laughs> like I feel like Wait, in the past. What time is that for you? Well, no, not, not early, but in the sense of like normally – or what I used to do was I would get into bed, I would, you know, grab the Kindle and I'd read for about 30, 45 minutes. Now I get into bed and I open the Kindle and I read for about 10 minutes and then I'm asleep. And so I don't get very far. 
Yeah. I uh I just started reading this, the screw tape letters, which I've been wanting to read since oh, yeah. those books. I haven't read any I think I've read yeah. like one, but um Chaz, a guy that works for me, he um I think it was because Jaden was born, I'm not really sure why, but he got for I'm more Christmas, but he got me like <laughs> um like a series of all of his books basically. So mm. I started with that one and I I've been off my reading game too, so kinda get back into it, but I've heard really good things about it. It's a very uh um, that's that's the one where they the screw tape is like the demon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've literally two like, chapters in, but yeah, it's like yeah. two de- demons or a demon and a uh, uh, uncle or an angel or I forget what it is. I, I mean, I just yeah. started it. I've only I've only so far had the perspective from the demon, but hmm. it's another thing that I don't normally read this kind of book. I almost always just read like business books or like right. relational like books. It's basically it, and so um, I like it. It's it's kind of fun because my mind just starts to like you know wander, but. I like it. I think it's good to just, yeah, switch it up completely. Like when you're staring at a computer all day long, you're looking at numbers and contact information and farm tables, and then you need like something very different Fo- to photo, just like completely booths. unplug. Right, photo booths, yeah. <laughs> Whatever happens. I mean, for, right, for me, it's software and it's marketing and it's websites. Uh, I'm just trying to drop a shameless plug, and, Corey. Right, <laughs> there we go. Check out the link below. Um, let's see. Another thing I wrote down under like spiritual side was um, favor of God, walking with the Holy Spirit, um, devotions with your spouse. I'm not sure how that is. For, I think we've talked about this before. It's difficult for you guys as well, right? It's hard. Um, I was like, me and Connor were just talking about this. I was so like, when we first got married for the first probably year, year and a half, I was so like consistent with my devotions, like, just like, just me by myself. And then and then at one point, I think probably a year, year and a half in, we like talked about like doing them together. And it just made it so much harder for me. Like, I'm not sure why, but like, just different, like, probably just different timing of our day, especially now having Jaden, because like, oftentimes Connie's up a lot during the night, and so in the morning she sleeps in. And so by the time she starts her day, like, I've, I'm well into my day. So it's really hard. It's like, hard to do anything together. Yeah. But I mean, especially this, like, just to sit down and to do it. When we do it, it's always seems like a good, a good, like, a good connecting point. But, it's funny because before you're married, like while you're dating, you know, at least for me, like I was always advised, like, you know, don't pray together, don't do devotions together, or if you're going like, to wait till you're engaged kind of thing. It's like, it's like you want to do it so bad. And then once you are actually married, it's like one of the harder <laughs> things to do. It's like, yeah. why is this? I know. And actually, it goes back to what Zach Hayes said on our podcast. I think it was about two years ago. But what do you say? It's like when you're dating, he said, um, like, it seems like the number one thing the enemy wants you guys to do is to have sex and to give in to that temptation. But once you're married, it seems like that's the last thing he wants you to do. And it's just mm-hmm. like, it's funny how it just switch switches. And it, this is a very similar thing. Like, it kind of switches. Yeah. I know. It's so weird. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up and, uh, and tell you about, and we can talk about it a little bit if you want to, but uh, I've been seeing, personally, a lot more, like, persecution of Christians, especially online where it's easy for like just mobs of people to attack you and to like get to know, I don't know, they can like pick apart anything that you say. And there's no, like when you're behind a screen, there's like, it's so much easier to just to like throw a dagger at someone and just things you would never say someone to someone in person. People have no problem saying online. Yeah. Anyways, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there's this guy I've been following. He's a part of this. Um, he's a part of ENS, which is the, so like the crypto protocol that I uh, became a part of that did the big airdrop that I got a bunch of free money from. They're like one of like the mainstay sort of crypto protocols and basically allows you to have like a, 
a crypto uh, domain name to like really, really put it in layman terms. So there's this guy named Brantley. Um, in his, he's been like, I think it was like their director of operations with them from the start, got a huge Twitter following. ENS basically has like this, uh, this thing where you, you vote on what the, the company does with the technology essentially. And, but there was like hundreds of thousands of people, a part of it, and it can be hard to like get everyone on the same page or everyone to see it. And so what you can do with ENS is you can delegate your vote to someone else who you trust to make it a good decision and make good use of your vote. Brantley became, uh, I think the top delegated person that people gave their vote to, to vote on their behalf. So anyways, he's a big face, lots of followers, big active voice, shares a lot, teaches a lot. A lot of people look to him. Um, in his bio, you can see that he's uh, a self-professed Catholic. Um, He's been in the crypto space for a long time. Anyways, a couple weeks ago, uh, someone went back through his Twitter and they found an old tweet and basically brought the Twitter mob on him. This tweet was from May 13th of 2016 and it reads, homosexual acts are evil, transgenderism doesn't exist, abortion is murder, contraception is a perversion, so is masturbation and porn. And people brought this up and basically uh, canceled him for it. Said like, this guy doesn't represent us. Um, you know, we can't have someone who like so publicly spreads hate and misinformation and, uh, you know, basically just, um, they basically, the argument was he, we can't have someone like him saying these types of things, given the position that he's in being like this big part of ENS, which is like a mainstay protocol in, in crypto. So everyone canceled him, ENS fired him, and he's basically like disappeared. Uh, his Twitter happen? account got suspended. This was like late January, maybe. So it's been about a month. At him right now. He Has he tweeted since? On yeah, on February 5th saying, hey, looks like I got my first mob. Nice oh. to see some people finally read my, my, my words in my bio. Love you all. I'm going to keep working on Web3. So was that after or? That was like an hour later. He got fired and he couldn't access the account. Twitter suspended him. Yeah, right Post? after that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Jeez. Um, and so it was, it was interesting because, you know, you look through all the like comments and then there was like a lot of discussion over Twitter about it. And the general consensus was um, like, you can't believe these things. And, and like, or you can't, I guess you could believe in them, but you can't like openly say these things and work in crypto was kind of like the consensus because crypto is supposed to represent like equality and democratization. And, you know, we we're accepting of everyone and anything, and we should all be like uh, accepting uh, of everyone. Obviously, if you're going to say something like that, it's going to make people feel uncomfortable and isolated and stuff like that. But also that's what he believes. <laughs> and there's a lot of other people who believe that other things are wrong. Uh, he's simply stating the things that he thinks are, are wrong. Um, and that got him canceled and fired and maybe completely changed the trajectory of his career. I don't, again, I haven't heard from, I don't know what he's doing next. I don't know what he could do next because the other thing is that it's tied to his, 
uh, his ENS, so it's Brantley.eth. And so everyone knows who he is now. And so who wants to be like the next crypto company to go and hire Brantley, <laughs> the guy who is a homosexual hater and transgenderism hater and abortion hater and, you know, basically like a controversial figure. And I was like, wow, this is one of the first times that I've seen like being a Christian, uh, like substantially hurts your career. I think we just talked about this like in December. There was someone else. I'm pretty sure that maybe we did. I feel like you brought up a couple of these examples. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I for sure haven't brought up this one, but wouldn't be surprising if I brought this up in a different yeah. situation. Um, and I was just thinking about like how do you like handle that, and I kind of just wanted to be like, do I chime in and like what do I say about it, or what is there to even do about this? And I was just kind of like, you know what? You have to count the costs. Like, this is one of the real ramifications mm -hmm. of being a Christian, especially like working now, nowadays yeah. in tech. Yeah. And like, this is going to become <clears throat> more and more uh, prevalent and yeah. it's going to become more and more common. Uh, I think, you know, actually, I think a lot of people are coming around to this. So I kind of have, have hope for it. Even on a podcast I was listening to with a bunch of, tech billionaires who I've probably mentioned before to you, the all in podcast. Yeah. None of them are Christians. They're all a little bit, um, cringy in a lot of ways. Um, but even yeah, they were like, them, was it, who's it? Chmoth or who's the one that had some, something right recently, something recently. Chmoth used to work at Facebook. Uh, they've all had, you know, they're all like decent people. They're just snobby billionaires a little bit. Yeah. Um, but even they were like, they mentioned how, I think they talked about this one and they were basically yeah, that's what, like, that's what I'm referring to. Okay. Yeah. They were basically like, yeah, you can, you can believe anything you want as long as you're not a Christian. <laughs> like tech is so accepting of everything except for Jesus and Christianity. And it's a completely double standard because there are lots of other religions that believe in much worse quote unquote things yeah. that no one says a word about because it's all about like, what are we in consensus that we can hate on openly and publicly without getting like a, a blowback and mm -hmm. Christians are the, the easy target. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a little different. I mean, I have some level of that in like our industry, but I mean, not nearly as much as you, especially because like you guys all like interact on Twitter and all your, whatever you guys do, but um, everything is know, so dude. public. Yeah. All, all of our work, everything that we say, everything that we publish, people are very like curious about who you are, what you believe, what's your background. We do interviews all the time you become like a figure that people recognize and then something like this happens and it's all, it's all destroyed. Yeah. Actually, I have a story that the same thing. I'm not sure if you heard right. Did I tell you what I yeah, commented on, on Julio? Uh -huh. Okay. I'm going to share yeah. it, but I'm not going to say exactly what I said. <laughs> so I have this guy that I used to work with at Le Bon's. Um, he's this, this Mexican guy. He's uh, back in the day, me and him basically on every account that we managed, we were like a team. So he was a supervisor. So he managed the field and I was like the account manager. So I managed the client. So we worked parallel with each other. We were super close. I mean, every day, like day and night, weekend weekends, we're always texting, calling, emailing. So we got really close. I've worked there in like three and a half, almost four years, which that's crazy, but um, it's been a long time. And we still, like, literally today I was texting him. So we text all the time. We're like really good friends. Okay. So I'm not that, good at like instagram and all this so i'm just not on social media a whole lot yeah dude i feel out of touch but uh he sent me this or so i thought he sent me a post but i guess he tagged me in a post and it was some mm -hmm. viral 
post. Um, I'm not gonna say what it was, but um, it had like over 500,000 views. It had gone viral, and I commented back to him because I thought I was messaging him, and I like made a joke at him, which is what I would normally like would text him. But I, I, I thought I was messaging, so I, I made this comment, just completely joking. And right after I said it, my phone starts blowing up. It's looking at my phone, and all these people are just coming after me, like this guy's this, like he owns a business in Oklahoma, like this is his wife, like everyone go like cancel him, like go write bad reviews. And I realized I posted it on the actual feed. And so I was like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? And so I had to like call Julio. I was like, dude, like you got to back me up, like help me out. And long story short, it, it was all fine. They ended up like Julio ended up saying, no, he's my boy. He's good. And they all were like, oh, peace and love. No bad. We'll take our comments down. But literally dude, within like, 10 minutes i probably had 15 to 20 like i had comments on like my business page on my yelp page on my instagram i had it was nuts dude they found connie's account they're messaging her like it was crazy and how fast they were trying to like mob on me it was like such a weird experience over the smallest little thing that wasn't a big deal It it was crazy and what you're describing is that on like a much bigger more serious scale but anyway i experienced that a little bit that was that was weird so you know it's nuts yeah, I, I'm not going to go too far into it, but I just I think that I think everyone should be thinking about this because it's going to become more prevalent. Even I think that Canada setting the precedent for basically taking financial control over someone and being able to financially cancel someone by freezing their bank accounts mm-hmm. just based off of something that they're that they're doing. Or have you heard about that? No. You had oh my, how do you not? Okay, basically there was though. a. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of truckers in Canada um, started protesting oh, the vaccine yeah. mandates. Oh, I thought you said yeah. Canva. No, 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 Canada. Okay, I think the, can- the president of Canva. No, like the that's, I was, that's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know exactly. No, what you're no, talking no. About. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they started freezing all the bank accounts of anyone. But that was because who of was... martial law that was enacted, right? Uh, sort of. It's like their equivalent to martial law, which is like an emergencies act. But it was basically there had only been used three times before in history, all during periods of like terrorism or war or some sort of like extreme circumstance. The protests were not violent, and they were from a group of people who were peacefully protesting. They were sort of, you know, messing up stuff, right? Like logistics and traffic and roads and all that jazz. But uh, it does not call for freezing yeah, people's so bank accounts crazy. even if they were remotely related to the protesters yeah. like if you were at any contact with those people or if you had donated to the same causes if you were like if they thought if, if you had any reason if they had any reason to think that you were a part of it in some way even so minutely your bank account is just frozen yeah. and you think about today like when everything's digital everything basically like wires through your bank account um that's that's like the worst thing that could ever happen to you basically yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised with if in the next few years, if that happened to Christians uh, somewhere, maybe not America, but if it was like, hey, you're, you're doing this thing in the name of what you believe in, you can't do that. Your bank accounts are frozen. Like, what do you do? Yeah. I don't know. Quite. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, I don't know. Get into crypto, it's buy some Bitcoin. To, and you're gonna say that it's hard to think that it would go there, you know. But I mean, we're seeing this now with Russia and Ukraine too. 
when there are sanctions and there's a, a bank runs in Russia for the ATMs and people trying to draw their accounts out because their currency is just absolutely crashing. And when Russia can't trade with other countries, then they're turning into crypto. Yeah. Even then, I think that as more regulation comes in, that's going to become uh, less of a solution. But at the same time, I think it's one of those things where it's like, count the cost. I don't know. You like, don't get think, off the grid. Um, you don't think, figure out something uh, else. You don't think crypto will be a complete alternative? I think that there's kind of what's happening is that there's going to be like these really normal ways to get into crypto and to basically like integrate crypto into your everyday life to use it to pay for things, to receive payments, to um, use it to send and receive messages, log into things, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's going to be like another layer removed from that where it's sort of like completely private, anonymous, like your stuff. And all the adoption in crypto right now is towards that first layer where it's like Coinbase and FTX and all these like big exchanges that are all regulated and tied directly to your email address and your your social security number and all that jazz. And I think eventually it's going to have to go more to the extreme of like everything's private, anonymous, completely on chain. The government literally can't touch it because there's no way to track it, especially for these types of situations. Um, and in that case, they'll either like make that illegal or I don't know, they'll try to introduce ways to like reduce the amount of anonymity that you can have with your, your crypto money, whatever that looks like. Speaking of crypto, <laughs> yeah, need to update everyone on my jacuzzi scenario. So I bought a jacuzzi, so you guys all know. I think when I originally, my original goal was to, I put 1500 bucks, I think it was, into crypto. And my plan was for that to accrue to enough money to, my goal was about five grand. Which I got to, I think last year, at one point, my account was up to like 3800 bucks. My money, you know, mm -hmm. more than doubled. I was chilling. But I decided to play a long game and leave my money in. And I bought Jacuzzi. Crashed. Separate funds, which is good. Yeah, but now my, yeah, now everything crashed. And so now I'm like negative, which is all good because we're playing the long game here. But I just put, <laughs> I put, I just put $5,000, Corey, into Cardano. And you'd be so proud of me. All right. Woof. Yeah, I know. You're in it. Skin in the game. Catching up to you now. I love it. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't feel the way that you feel about this stuff. But you know a lot more than me. You've also made some bucks at it, so. Yeah. There's a lot happening, man. It's it's really hitting that's, mainstream. That's the hard thing that it's it's constantly changing. I feel like. Yeah, well, right now everything's down. It's not just crypto, right? It's like the stock market right. and interest rates and everything is just kind of wacky. Um, personally, I've been getting more into NFTs and into miners. So I went and set up a miner at your house. <laughs> How's it doing, by but, the way? Uh, I need to collect my, doing, my share. <laughs> it's doing pretty good. Yours actually is the worst performing one for Ooh. whatever reason. Um, I think the, the one I have here at home makes about a dollar a day. The one at my mom's house makes about a dollar fifty a day. And then yours, I think, makes somewhere around like 50 to 70 cents a day. Um, not horrible at that rate. I'll kind of recoup my investment within like a year or a little bit over a year. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of banking on like the actual token that you get rewarded in to appreciate. But basically for everyone listening, who's like, what the heck is he talking about? Uh, it's called a helium miner. <laughs> it's basically a decentralized network of Wi-Fi modems. 
So right now we're in the phase where like everyone's buying them, getting them set up, providing coverage. Later, it'll become useful for when you actually want to like tap in and use the Wi-Fi as just like a regular person. Um, but that's been really cool. I'm actually I'm looking into getting another one that uses uh, the is it OD2, basically the, the little like data plug into your car. It connects to that and then it collects data on your car. And they're like basically creating like this whole information log of cars around the world so that you can use it to like they'll sell that back all that information back to the manufacturers you can use it to like try to predict issues with your car troubleshoot find patterns and ways to mitigate different issues you might find with your car or other cars um that one's called uh dymo demo demo i think it's called demo but um that's like very like practical use of this whole like crypto stuff. Um, that's been pretty fun to get into. Corey, Corey, Corey. <laughs> I know it's a whole other language. I'm just, I'm just going to keep talking about it because the more that I talk about it and the longer, like as time goes on, more and more people will just know what I'm talking about and it'll yeah. become more no, I, I know what you're talking about. We, we talk about it. Um, I just struggle with like, I have enough going on. I have, I feel like good investments going and do I want to rabbit hole and spend time into all this? Cause I know you spend a decent amount of time on it, right? Especially initially, right. To learn and. Yeah. Kind of just in little sprints. I'll just spend like, you know, a whole night researching something or looking into something and then I won't do anything for another week or I don't know. Yeah. Well, I commend you. You're doing well. Thank you. Let me know Thank when you. I can cash out. Okay. When you can cash out, <laughs> I might have to. Oh, you have. I'm the host. <laughs> yeah, we got to figure out uh, an agreement there. I saw that I need to. I need to see how much it actually makes. I think we'll have something maybe like once I recruit my initial investment. You know, we'll we'll figure something out. Sure. Yeah, free use for a year, no big deal. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think I really free. I think I get my uh, a good return with my your your help on my website stuff. So we'll that's right. It, we'll, yeah. we'll call it even. How's that? Just consider yourself lucky that I'm sharing the information with you, and that'll be your payment. Yeah, sure. Idiot. <laughs> All right. Um, I got – so I've hit learning, I think. Not really, actually. Okay. I got something to share. Um, so I got my I – think I, I think I touched it briefly last time, but I mean, my, my day-to-day has changed so much since having a baby. Before that, I was like really – the one solely operating my business and now i think i shared but we we hired like an operations manager and so he's really running the business and so mm-hmm. all of my time is for the most part either i'm meeting with people or i'm at home and i'm just working on growing a business it's really what where my time's going right now and previously to that over half my time was either out on jobs at events you know hands-on doing stuff and so now all that's gone away and so trying to figure out like where i spend my time i feel like so far i've spent it where i want to but one thing that's kind of been shifting gears is like, you know, building more of a team. And so and now that I have really like a like legitimate like general manager underneath me, like having to manage him and um, kind of just like lead, cast vision, and just direct kind of what I want, where I want things to go, and how I want to look. And so I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning that, I'm figuring it out. And it's interesting because at LeBron's I did some of that, um, but it's way different when you're like managing other people's stuff but this is like my business mm. and my you know so that's like the huge the big different weight on it so i don't have a whole, whole lot to say under that except that i'm kind of figuring this out and it's been fun i really enjoy it i feel like it's a good fit 
um, and I like it, but it's, you know, it's different kind of figuring out how do you lead people? How do you manage? How do you be good to people? How do you motivate, encourage, direct, cor- correct, teach, you know, there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun. I think long I think term like, is probably the hardest part of business. It's just well, the, it's like the people management from part. like, cause it'd be being an entrepreneur and like a creator is way different than like running a business and like be, be someone mm-hmm. that manages, manages it. So that's kind of. Like, I'm figuring out, am I a manager or am I, not, am I a starter? Like, what am I? You know, I'm kind of, like, learning. I know that what excites me is starting and, like, creating, you know, projects and new new things like that. Um, but I also really, I really like, um, what's the word, just, like, leading people. I really like to kind of lay out, like, what the goal is and how do we get there. Um, I don't like managing, like, day-to-day stuff. That's what I don't like. Yeah. So, yeah. trying to Same. figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a special type of person. I want to know more of those types of people who are just like, oh, yeah, you know, put me in a spreadsheet and, like, mm-hmm. let me, like, manage all the things in a Asana or Trello or, you know, like, really, really detail-oriented, really interpersonal and just loves, like, getting into the weeds and stuff. I just, yeah, I cannot do that. I think that it's a weakness, but I don't know if I'd ever be able to really I think I'm fine at it. I just, I don't know if it'll ever be something I enjoy. <laughs> you know? So uh, it's not a problem yet, but at some point I'm going to have to address that somehow. Yeah. I am not detail oriented. I'm also, if I'm learning, I'm not that good of a listener. <laughs> like, like I, I'm really not, <laughs> I want to get better at it, but just the other day, uh, who was the DJ and Connie, DJ and Connie and Talia were all at the house and they were like making fun of me. Like how much I don't, li- I'm just not a good listener. Mm. And I am um, like active listening. I'm also not good at like, yeah. So like well, a lot of times Connie will like ask me to do something like, Hey, can you do this, this and this? And I'm like, yeah. And then like a minute later, I'd be like, wait, what am I doing? And uh, mm. DJ was telling the story cause she, she saw me do it. But I guess like last week, like we we're in a living room, we're all hanging out and Connie asked me to do something. I think she was having me, she asked me to go change Jaden's diaper. I'm pretty sure what it was. And so I like, laid him out, whatever. And as I'm literally wiping his butt, I went, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> I just like stopped. Like, what am I doing? I just like completely lost my train of thought and like what I was supposed to be doing in that moment. And that's a bad example because it's not really an example of like being an active listener, but she was just making fun of me that like my mind oftentimes is like completely somewhere completely different than, you know, what's actually going on. And I don't think I th- that's a you I, thing. So I think it's a, it's not a, first of all, you're saying it's a male thing, which it is, but I also think that it's, no, no, no. okay, go ahead. I think it's just like a, a business owner type of thing. Thank you. So I think it's a great thing personally. That's what I was telling them. So in that moment, I'm pretty sure like my AirPods were in. I was listening to a podcast. Like I had some like new idea and I was like inspired. And I was, you know, I just told them, hey, you guys make fun of me. But I see it as a good positive trait because my mind is constantly going. And, you know, I'm thinking of new things all the time. But that's more of like a cover up. But that's how I see it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It, it's not great. But I, I think that, like, it's not a good thing. But I just think it's the, it's the symptom, of, being like hyper focused on, whatever it is that you're that you're doing at the time. It's it's basically the same thing as like if you were, uh, if you're playing a sport and like you're trying to have a conversation with someone as you're playing basketball, it, it's pretty much impossible, right? You're like you're either talking to the person, or you're like playing the game, shooting, passing, yeah. like looking where to go. And I just, I get in these zones where I feel really like distracted where I'm on my computer and there's four different tabs open and I'm trying to remember what it is that I'm trying to do and I'm trying to write and I'm thinking about other stuff. There's 
all this stuff happening in the background. And then Monique will be like, oh, can you take the trash out? Or like, what do you think about this thing? And like, my mind literally doesn't register it until I recognize that I'm being like talked to <laughs> at the moment. And then I have to completely like switch off all those things. And that's really hard to do. Like even towards the end of every like work day, it takes me a while to really unwind and like stop thinking about all the things mm -hmm. that I've been doing for the last couple of hours, let alone Dude, like in the minute, yeah. just switching contexts. This is a really good point you're bringing up. Yeah, you're so right. Like I, Dude, I've, I wake up every day and I am so excited to get to my desk. I'm not sure how you feel, but I'm like mo more times than not, I'm just like, I literally can't wait. I'm so excited. Once I wake up and that morning fog goes away, I'm like awake and I, I'm like, all right, I'm like, let's go. Like, let's get up, let's get in a shower, let's get coffee. And I'm just like so excited. It's, it's weird. And then when I, like you're saying, like I'll, all day long is like that. I mean, I'll like, you know, be at my desk. I'll have to go pee. I'll take my phone with me. I'll be like on my phone researching yeah. some idea mm -hmm. that I just had, looking it up as I'm peeing with one hand on my phone. It's just like <laughs> I'm just constantly. I'm making my lunch for the day. I have my AirPods in with something that I'm trying to learn and understand. Yeah, you're in the zone. It, it's like that is good. It's also really, really bad. Like today, yeah. while I was eating lunch, like I, I had a my uh, one AirPod in and I was listening to something. And Connie came out and sat with me, and I realized, okay, I should not, you know, take out my AirPod, whatever. <laughs> but then, like, my head started to hurt a little bit. Like, my, I just felt so foggy because I had been going since, like, 7 a.m. until, like, 12.30 mm -hmm. with, like, literally no breaks. And I'm just like, this is kind of bad. Like, I'm just constantly filling my mind in, with something, and it's not, I don't think that's how it should be. And then the last thing I was going to say was, like, when the day ends, like, I often just, like, I'll get a good break. Like if let's say we I'll make we make dinner and we have some time with Jaden and whatever we we go to bed. But once we like get in bed and if we like aren't watching TV, we're just like laying there. I can't stop thinking. Like I can't turn my mind off. I'm just constantly like thinking of new things. And I don't know. I think that so much plays into why I can't. I don't. I don't listen very well, or why I um can't focus because I'm just constantly like on something new. You know if that makes sense. So I yeah. I think what I've noticed about myself. This could be different for you, but I need something else to like take my like focus and attention. I, I can't just uh, like it needs to be replaced by something. So if I'm just if I'm working and I'm like really into it and I was like, OK, it's five o'clock and it's time to go to dinner um, or like, you know, time to go do something else like that's not going to stop until something else is like completely taken my attention, whether it's like talking with Monique or making food or uh playing a game exercising be at the gym like whatever it is like something else has to like it has to have that strong of a, a pull to my attention to like divert it somewhere else but i can't just like stop whatever that totally thing was i was just doing yeah i'm the same yeah again not not a great thing <laughs> but i think it's i don't know i i don't know just the entrepreneurial mind, I think a little yeah. bit, especially like a, there is a lot, there are a lot of things on your plate that you're working on. Yeah. I gotta be done in like nine minutes, but I have okay. a couple more things. I think you were almost done with all your stuff. It looks I like. I got one more thing. Uh, so go um, ahead. Okay. So I got, let's see here. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about this because I had a conversation with our midwife and um, I forget the context, but basically she was saying how she hates people that follow up. And I thought it was the dumbest thing. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, are you stupid? That, that sounds mean. But I literally felt like, are you, are you kidding me? And I say it because I, I forget the statistic. I, I think it's like, I'm pretty sure it takes at least seven up, like seven, seven up, <laughs> at least seven follow-ups to get a response from, from a, a potential customer. 
something like that. Maybe it's like nine or I forget what it is. But seven um, touch like points. For, touch points, sure. So yeah. for for like our sales process, a lot of times, dude, I don't. So a client finds us on Google, they submit a request form for what they want for a quote. I'll email them a quote. I um, more times than not have to email them at least five to like seven times before I get a response. And what I do is like I set that up to be all automated, so I don't have to manually go through and email them. So it. I, I hit one button basically and it will automatically email them like the initial quote. It'll hit them again like, you know, five days later and then again like a week later and then two weeks later and then a month later. So it goes on for like several months. But more times than not, dude, I hear back on the sixth or seventh like automated mm-hmm. email that goes out and then I finally get a response. And like I just had one a couple of days ago where that happened, the seventh response. or sorry, my seventh follow-up. She finally responded. I'm so sorry, whatever. Here's what's going on. Life's busy, blah, blah, blah. And then, long story short, within a day, she ended up booking. And it was a good, really good mm-hmm. size order. And just because, like, I kept following up with her. Another example I have that happened today, actually, there's this client that I had been working with since 2019, which is a super long time ago. And uh, with COVID and just postponements, her wedding got postponed so many times. And she actually never booked with us. And I hadn't heard from her in, like, I stopped following up with her probably after, like, 15 times. But I stopped. But she reached out to me today because she hasn't she finally has like a new date in mind, whatever. But, um, I don't think I've heard from her in like six months. And she reached out to me and was like, Jeremy, like whatever. I, I remembered you because you've fallen up with me so many times. Like mm-hmm. I need a new quote. Here's whatever it is. And in her email, she was like, I just want to say like, thank you for consistently following up. That's why I'm coming back to you. And so I've just mm-hmm. been thinking about that. Like long story short, if you work in any kind of sales or business type thing, like just don't be afraid to bug people. Like if you do it tactfully and you're not like spammy and like you're well worded and space things out enough, like, you need to follow up. And I don't know when that, when my midwife said that, I was like, dude, why? If, well, who are you? Who doesn't like that? I mean, there's like an annoying, I get like the client's perspective. Like if you're the client, you're not going to use us for example. And I keep emailing you. That's annoying. But all right. it takes is just respond and say, no, no, thank you. I don't want it. Yeah. And, and I stop. Right. And that's it. So, yeah. I, I, I tell people, over. please do follow up with me because I will forget about this probably, or I need another reminder in order for this to like pop up for me to do at the right time. And so please follow up when, you know, yeah. at this time or after a week or uh, until I get my attention. If I tell them like, this is something I want to do, but it just, it might fall through the cracks. Please follow up, you know, as many times as you need within the next couple of weeks yeah. and people do it and it works for me. Yeah. Uh, got two more. So we just got a new box truck. Uh, we ordered that in October. We just got it this week. Literally I think it's a unit. Day. The last day of February. Yeah, dude, super excited. It's a monster. We spend on app. We rent trucks pretty frequently when we're busy. Um, but I would say between the months of like May through November, we probably rent trucks at almost every weekend. And on average, like like a, a cheap weekend for renting a truck is probably like three hundred bucks, and a high end is like seven fifty eight hundred dollars. So on average, we're probably spending around four five hundred bucks per month of renting vehicles. So about two grand a month of just like renting. And so now we own one, which I'm super excited about. So thing is super nice it's huge it's got everything that we need so it's been a long awesome. time coming dude i'm so excited about it um and then my last update is i've just been spending a good amount of time just getting like coffee with people so i've met with three agents the last three weeks just talking mm-hmm. to people and trying to connect and network and kind of trying i'm trying to stay top of mind for our staging company so people selling homes and hopefully they're gonna think of us so i've you know been able to start putting time towards that which is really what i want to do this year is spend time to like, focus on that so I made I that quick, smart. but those are my last two updates. So. Yeah. Uh, I'll spend the remaining of my, of my time. I don't know. Remind me, how much did I talk about 
uh, finding a technical fo- co-founder the last time. Dude, well, we talked, like, not on the podcast. I, I don't remember. I, I know you okay. talked about it. You mentioned it. Maybe, okay. Maybe I mentioned it. Uh, I can't remember how much I actually shared about it. Maybe I can, like, go back and look really quickly on, like, what I actually talked about. But I wanted to just, like, share more about it because I think since the last time we recorded, there's been some some developments. Uh, but I can't actually remember. Yeah, I don't know just how much I shared about it. Basically, I think I've talked about before how since leaving Barometrics, I've been working with someone who uh, we want to build a SaaS, com- SaaS company together, you know, build a SaaS product. It's always been like my end game is to have a SaaS company, build software, sell software, just be in that in that space. I've been great at it so far and like marketing other people's SaaS products. <laughs> so uh, I want to do it for myself, finally. Um, the bummer part is that this partner, his business basically was, became too successful for him to not put 100% of his time and focus on that thing, given all the other like life stuff that he has going on. So don't blame him at all. We have very amicably uh, parted ways and still good friends. But it was sort of like a year and a half kind of false start a little bit. Not everything's been lost. It's been a lot of fun, learned a lot. I think the timing now, especially, I think is a lot better than what it was uh, even just a year ago. But sort of threw me for the loop around. And I was talking with you like, do I go get a job? Do I, it's just like everything was on the table. I had no idea what to do, where to go from there. It just felt like this big impossible task to try to kind of recoup that. Um, it's been interesting because, you know, finding like a business partner is a lot like finding a romantic partner and you're sort of signing yourself up to get married when you go into business with someone and you want to make sure it's the right person one, that they're like, they have integrity and that they're not going to screw you over somehow. But two, that they're actually like fun to be in business with yeah. because at the end of the day, you're in you're business with that person. Like they're a partner. Yeah, it's it's a very like intimate role and you don't want to be stuck. Like it's bad enough being stuck with a bad boss or a bad coworker. It's even worse to be stuck with a bad business partner. So it's a little bit difficult when you're just like trying to put yourself out there like, how do you find someone who checks all those boxes and makes, you know, how do you like not get married to someone in business uh, that that you will regret later on? So essentially what I've done is um, started, again, putting myself out there, asking around, hey, do you know anyone who's entrepreneurial and who's a developer and who'd want to partner with someone like me? Here's information about me. I wrote up a, a Notion doc. I think I shared about that the last time, so I won't repeat too much. Um, I ended up getting connected with a whole lot of people, a lot of really, really interesting people. People are well-respected, and um, and now I've kind of got some projects on the work. So how I'm structuring it is uh, for each one of these people that I'm working with, we're essentially treating it as like an experiment and a test. So for three months, we'll work together, build something that we can release and start marketing. And after that three months, then we'll kind of reevaluate like, okay, what is this thing? Do we really want to continue with it? How do we work together? What's the structure going to be? How are the payments going to work? Um, and, and then from there kind of figure out like, who do I want to get married to quote unquote a little bit? Um, it's been going really well. It's been really, really kind of inspiring and, uh, and fun. Um, 
already started releasing sort of a beta version of one of the products that we're working on to a bunch of users. Uh, and this partner has been an absolute machine <laughs> at shipping stuff. And so that's been a lot of fun. Um, two other really promising ones, really great builders, well-respected people. It's also really hard finding like the right person at the right time based on like what they were working on, their place in life, what they have an appetite for. There, is there anyone else who they want to go into business with? Like it's tough finding someone at the ex exact moment when they're open to that. And I've just happened to find like three really promising ones. Um, the problem is if they all work, then I'll have another issue, which is like, how do I split my time between them? <laughs> that's, that's another thing is I'm not, I don't know which one's going to work, if any of them will work, if all of them will work, but I guess I'll cross the road when, I'm, when I get there. But um, just wanted to share a little bit about the experience yeah. of finding a new business partner and how to structure that and what it's been like so far. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked a lot about it. I think it's really cool. Um, I think like uh, thinking through how it's gonna work, like, how it's gonna work out. Like, I wouldn't worry about that. You know, yeah. when we book we book events, I never really worry about like logistics. I just worry about do I have the actual items available, and if I do, I book it. I worry about later how do I actually you know go execute. So same thing with this. Like, just do it. If they all work. If they all three work out. That's actually amazing. And then now you just get I to know. spend your time doing what you know what you want to do. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, more soon, hopefully, maybe like the next time that we record, I'll be able to share more about like what those ideas actually are and what they look like, and people can go check them out. Not that they would anyone would probably be like a user of them, but just being able to like more publicly. I'm also something a little bit different as I'm trying to like not be super <clears throat> uh, like shouting from the rooftops about them at least initially. We're kind of doing it like one on one with people who we think that we could be users about them, and then like. Not until we know that, oh, this thing has legs, it's going to work, we have people using it, then we'll talk about it more publicly. Um, just so that if it doesn't work out or if there is something that sort of becomes like an obstacle, then we don't have to like go and reverse all the stuff that yeah. we've talked about and shared yeah, and exactly. people ask about it and all that jazz. Yeah. Did you hear about that uh, like Wordle competitor guy? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> So as I understand it, he basically made like a rip off thing overnight over a week over the weekend and it started doing really well. He was posting about it and then like the guy that owns like the the rights to Wordle like found his post and basically said take it mm -hmm. down, right? Yeah. Yep. And so I actually yeah. made me think of you because you're all about like building public and whatever and mm -hmm. I thought of you. <laughs> that was so funny. Well, yeah, I absolutely wouldn't recommend building in public when you're building a copycat of another person's product. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, it seems like, yeah, no-brainer, you know, should not do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah. a dingus move. We won't be copying anyone else's product. These are all original ideas for us. Yeah. Yeah. All right, beautiful. Well, on the dot, I got to be done, so let's wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it there. Uh, thanks for listening. If you can share, recommend, leave us a rating, a review, especially on Spotify. Any, any Spotify listeners out there, Give us a follow, a listen on Spotify. They don't allow you to rate it until you actually download an episode. So if you're listening in there, you should already have that kind of covered. But uh, go ahead and give it a follow and a rating, five stars preferably. And we will see you in the next one.